Hey everybody, this is Gordon Light, and you're listening to episode number 50 of the Fit Successful Dad podcast. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to episode number 50 of the Fit Successful Dad podcast. I am pumped that I have made it this far. This is uh, 50 episodes now over the past few months. And for everybody who has been listening and keeping up with the podcast, thank you so much for your support. I really appreciate it. And I hope that you have gotten a lot of value out of it over time. And that's really the whole point. I've said before, I don't monetize this podcast. This is really just an outlet for me to get my thoughts and accountability for myself to get all of the things I'm working on out onto an audio interface, an audible format for people to listen to and kind of follow along and also to use as maybe an inspiring and motivating way to, uh, or, or like a, like a source to draw from in order to help build what they're trying to build and get to where they're trying to get to. So episode 50, thank you once again for being part of that. Uh, so here is an update on my current brand, Sobam. It's going to a Kickstarter in September. That's uh, Sobam Gear Company, and it's a duffel bag brand. I'm really excited about it. A lot of changes have taken place this week, and actually, uh, I've said before that I have spent I spent a lot of 2016, almost a full year, really researching Kickstarters and crowdfunding. So I know just how crazy it gets as you lead up to your launch. And I can see that unfolding for myself right now. Every single day (laughs) brings a new challenge and a new surprise and a lot of pivoting and twists and turns. It's, it's pretty cool though. I gotta say it's, uh, it's it's interesting. You meet a lot of people, especially, uh, so my days are spent constantly reaching out, trying to build relationships, trying to build awareness, try to build a pre-campaign launch list, trying to build um, like partnerships with influencers and people to help me expand that pre-launch list and to help me prepare for launch day when I can kind of hopefully come out of the gate with a bang. And uh, so because of that, I'm talking to new people every single day. And as a, as a result of that, I have made a significant adjustment in my campaign strategy. And the, the, the big change that I'm really talking about is who I'm using as a kind of like a campaign manager. So I originally in the past have spoken about uh, probably using about twenty twenty five thousand dollars uh, to invest into like a campaign management including ad spend Facebook ads stuff like that uh, to try and run the campaign and help me run the campaign right so that was for that was for a campaign manager and a company to help me run the campaign they would also produce a lot of that uh, that content and they would help me target really specifically the audience that I want to uh, reach out to and, and, and try to build into my um, the initial launch as a set of brand ambassadors and early adopters, that kind of stuff. And I still believe in that system, but I've since made a change. So I've reached out to a lot of people and been introduced to a lot of people. And one of the relationships that I've made Um, it kind of pointed me into a direction that made a little bit more sense for what I'm doing. So I have left, basically left that relationship with that particular agency and that person who was going to help me manage my campaign. I've left that uh, on the sideline and and pivoted to um, a different, a different 
strategy with different people. And I think it's much better just from the moment we sat down and talked about it. The whole thing felt more natural, felt more fitting. And I think it's, it's, it's better for both sides. I think it's something that they're more passionate about uh, helping me drive. And I'm certainly more passionate and interested in these people being a part of it. So it's a win-win all around. Uh, the initial cost is going to go down, but the cost at the end is probably not going to be too different. Um, so uh, basically, you know, as far as the ad spend goes, that's still going to be the same. Um, they are going to be a little bit more involved in my social media strategy. So that's pretty cool. And I like their PR and um, I guess media outlet capabilities. So that it makes a lot more sense for what I'm doing uh, with their their outlets and, and the people they have access to and the relationships they have. It makes a lot more sense for my product to be in their hands kind of thing. So that's pretty cool. So I made that adjustment. I'm really excited about that. What I've been doing is continuing to build an audience separately. So I've been basically, if you guys want to know the specifics, I have gone literally through my my like vert, my Outlook Rolodex, if you will, like every single alphabet <laughs> uh, letter in the alphabet. I have gone through and emailed everyone that is either a family member, a friend, an acquaintance, someone I know personally, or someone that I have been in contact with in the past, that's why I have their email address, who I think might be somewhat interested in helping. And the responses were slow at first. I, you know, obviously I got a couple, you know, absolutely I'll help you out, Gordon. Uh, but then they were kind of slow and then they started to pick up. And so far, the numbers are pretty small. It's less than 50, but I've got basically early adopters who are absolutely guaranteed yeses. You know, they're, uh, they're claiming to be <laughs> guaranteed yeses. And, you know, that's, it's not a big number at all, but it helps. And that's the type of stuff you have to do. So that's, uh, emails was number one. Then I got going on the Instagram DM and that's where a lot of magic has happened. So I have reached out to some people locally, some people around the country, right around the U S uh, some people up in Canada and even people overseas. And I have to say like the relationships that you build just through that are pretty cool. So like I've been able to get people to respond back and set up uh, almost like a, tr a, a trade of services, if you will, uh, where I am helping this person with something and they are going to in turn take a, um, take a bag, one of my bags and check it out and really test it out. And if they think it's worthwhile, cause I don't want them to do this unless they agree that, that it's, something they would actually be interested in being a part of, uh, then they will promote that on their end. So it's kind of like an exchange of services, which is awesome. You know, that's a, that's a beautiful business relationship and it works out that way. Everybody wins and no one's doing anything unethical and no one's doing anything that they don't truly believe in. So that's exactly the type of thing you need to have on your side when you're building something. So I feel really fortunate that I've been able to meet some of these people, but I wouldn't have met any of them if I didn't spend the time going through Instagram, finding people who met, uh, met the criteria that I wanted them to meet and then DMing them and getting them on my side. So, uh, so that's really cool. So I got that going on. I'm also working with a local photographer and a local videographer, and I can't express to anybody how awesome it is to have my videographer and photographer just working in their offices, uh, located five miles from where I live, 
You know, it's amazing. So I can be in there at their office in like 10 minutes, which is great. So we have the ability to set up shots kind of whenever we want and, uh, and videos and they also work together, but separate. So it's two separate businesses, but the, the two, uh, the two people, the two guys, they know each other really well and they've worked with each other in the past. And the videographer is also a photographer and the photographer is also a videographer. So they, they both know each other's trade except for you know one is more dedicated to and, and always has been uh dedicated to video and one is more dedicated to and always has been into photography so the the relationship between them is awesome and the relationship that i'm building with both of them as a unit is awesome and i'm really excited for the content that we're going to produce so over the next few weeks we will be taking hundreds hundreds of pictures, hopefully getting some, some really sick shots of the product and the people that I have, that are going to be modeling the product. Um, <laughs> it's un, we're unsure at this point if uh, I'm going to be doing any lifestyle shots. <laughs> I'm not sure anyone really wants to see those, but we're going to go for it, you know, maybe depending on angles and stuff or whatever. Uh, so we're going to be doing that and included in all that is scripting for the video. So um, to make a three minute video is probably going to take hours and a lot of cuts and a lot of edits and also optimizing and revising, reviewing, revising again, uh, the script, right? So the storyboard type thing. So I'm working with my, um, my crowdfunding campaign manager on that. And he's an expert in that. And he, he has that down to an exact science basically. So I'm pretty excited, uh, to, to kind of see like rev two, three, four of that. So, um, you know, that's something we're working on right now too. And that's, I'm not a poet. I'm not a screenwriter. That type of stuff is not my forte at all. So I'm really excited to see what they come up with. Uh, and I, I got my first draft basically by watching campaign videos for other crowdfunding campaigns and like the ones that I thought were relevant and then taking a, a piece of all those and putting it all together basically and like trying to not copy but just use the same flow right same style you know introduce the product the same way and uh you know just kind of add like my own little spin on it uh, as much as I could you know but once the video starts rolling who knows how it's going to play out right also and this one is huge I uh, about six months ago, I, I contacted a local supplier in the U.S., not in Massachusetts, but a, probably about two hours from my house, uh, who could make the the product, who could make the bag. And we, you know, we went back and forth for a while, and he was pretty confident he could meet uh, China prices. And I'm not I'm not so sure he can, but we have started to take that to the next level. And uh, if you've ever, you know, heard the term, and I'm sure you have, um, you know, don't put all your eggs in one basket, that kind of thing. Well, the same goes with suppliers. It's it's always a bad idea, in my opinion, to have a single source supply, a uh, single source supplier, which means you know, one supplier to rule them all kind of thing. And if that supplier goes down or if they all of a sudden can't make that product, uh, you're screwed and you can't produce your, your product. Uh, that's always a bad idea. And so I am trying to like basically branch out and have multiple suppliers on reserve to do, uh, to make this product, right. To make this bag and to source all the, 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 the supplies and the materials that go into making the bag. Uh, so that's kind of unfolding now. I've had um, I've had a lot of phone meetings, and I'm assured I've been assured of the 
essentially. I've been assured of the, the craftsmanship and the capabilities on a technical level. What I haven't been assured of is the cost and the lead times. I, uh, the MOQ, the minimum order quantity, is unclear to me right now. Uh, but here's the thing. I'm really pumped about that for a couple reasons. One, I want to bring jobs to the U.S. Like, as an entrepreneur, uh, there's, there's more than just making money. We all want to make money. Great. I want to make money selling duffel bags because I think they're cool and it's in a space that I'm passionate about. Awesome. But beyond all of that, entrepreneurs have a, an interest in the greater good. Most of us do anyway. And I, I do as well, especially being an American. I live here. I would love, I would absolutely love to look back right down the road from now uh, to look back and say, I created business. I created commerce in this country and created a job for another American. I mean, how awesome is that? If you're an American, that's got to be like, at least for me, like that's got to be just like a really, really awesome feeling. So I'm really excited about the potential like capability, the, the, the potential scenario of that happening. Um, so I would really like that to, to happen that way. And even if they're slightly more expensive, the fact that they're local, you know, even with shipping and stuff, it might work out. Uh, I may end up being able to, I very well may end up getting uh, Sobam gear company to be an American manufactured company, which is awesome. Like that's, that's just really exciting for me. Uh, so, um, so moving on, right. So bam gear company that, uh, the Kickstarter still slotted for September of 2017, right. Fall 2017. Uh, really pumped about that. Uh, moving on merch by Amazon. So I've talked about that a lot. That's, that's something that I, I put, um, I put a good amount of energy into for a couple different reasons. One, you know, I do kind of like the creative part of it. Uh, two, I don't think, well, I know <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't really drain my time resources all that much. Um, I probably spend about two, three, four hours a week tops. And, uh, I, I research designs, I research keywords, that kind of thing. And then I offload all of that work to my, um, overseas graphic designers and they design shirts for me and they do a way better job than I do using Illustrator, you know, or Photoshop or GIMP or whatever. Uh, so unless I have an idea and I really just like want it right now, you know, I'll, I can do, you know, it's simple enough. I'll do that in Illustrator and I, you know, I can actually do it. Uh, but for the most part, I offload all that stuff and, um, and they, uh, my graphic designer send me the designs and I upload everything and I will just pump in the keywords and generate the descriptions and everything based off of the, uh, the research keywords that I looked up and then I put them up there and they sell great. So it's, it's really a low time investment for me and I like the creative part of it. I think it's kind of cool. So, uh, I'm up to about $500 a month on that. So, you know, that may not seem like a lot to you or it might seem like, like a lot, a lot to you. I don't know. Um, to me, that's, you know, that's, that's something that's $500 a month, right? Um, that's nothing to shy away from, especially considering it's like four hours a week. So just think of it that way. Would you work 16 hours for $500 cash? You know, like 16 hours sitting at my computer. Um, sometimes it's like on my porch, right? Drinking a cup of coffee in the morning on like a Sunday at like, you know, seven in the morning or something. And yes, I do do that. Uh, and, and designing stuff on my laptop or researching keywords. Like it's that type of work. It's not 16 hours digging trenches with a pickaxe. You know, it's not that kind of stuff. It's not labor. Uh, so just think of it that way. Would you work, you know, four hours a week, um, 
16 hours a month or whatever, if, if you want to have a four week month. Um, so on average, you know, 16, 20 hours a month for 500 bucks cash. That's after that's royalties in my bank account. Like, would you do that? You know, it's, it's really not that much. And it does allow me to use a little bit of creativity and just kind of see what's out there. It, it keeps me up to speed on trending stuff and niches on the t-shirt world and who's buying what. And, and um, you know, that stuff, it's interesting. It's interesting to me. It's interesting enough that I'm going to stay in it. I just got tiered up to 500. So the, I've been maxed uh, at a hundred shirts on uh, merch for a while. So, you know, there's really, there was nothing I could do except play with the prices. Uh, so now I am up tiered up to 500. So I have 400 designs that I can add, right? And I'm pretty sure I f- I'm feeling pretty good that if I add 400 designs that I should be able to turn that $500 a month, I should be able to five X that, right? Cause it's, you know, 100 and then just multiply by five. Um, so I could potentially be doing $2,500 a month cash in my bank account, uh, by the time I populate all of those, uh, those 500 designs. So I'm pretty excited about that. Now I'm not saying that will definitely happen. (laughs) Certainly not. Um, it's going to take a while to get 500 design or 400 more designs up there, but, uh, I feel like I have the understanding of what people want in the niches that I'm in. And I feel like I can actually get there. So who knows, maybe I'll undershoot and I'll, I'll only like two exit, right? Uh, maybe I'll overshoot, maybe I'll 10 X it. That would be really cool if I could get five, you know, 10 X five grand. Um, but anyway, so that's scaling up now. Uh, I'm pretty excited about it. And, uh, you know, it's been a busy week. So the other thing that I wanted to bring up, uh, is really about our guests. So, you know, I said the, in the very beginning of this podcast, and this was my intent in the very beginning was to have only parents on this show who are successful entrepreneurs. And I did that for the first, I don't know, like all of March, April, maybe even all of May or most of May. And then I started to realize that, and this was also based on feedback that I got from some of you, the listeners, that it the parenting component is great, but it doesn't always, first of all, it doesn't always cater to the listener because not every listener, it turns out, is a parent. And also, uh, you know, that, that part of the story is interesting to, to the listeners, but they also seem to be drawn in more by the, the, the entrepreneurial part of it, right? The, not, not just the tactical entrepreneurial part of it, but the, the, the story of building that entrepreneurial empire, uh, whatever it is, whether it's a, an empire in the making or, or one that they have already built, they're reflecting upon in the interview. Like a lot of people seem to like that type of content equally, uh, if not more than some of the parenting, uh, stuff and like the family stuff. Now I've gotten a lot of positive, um, reception from the audience as well on the parenting stuff. So it's, there's really a a balanced mix, but what basically what I've decided to do is, not restrict interviewees, uh, candidates just because they don't have kids. Basically, there's a whole number of reasons why some people have kids and there's a whole number of reasons why some people don't have kids. And I know just because I have a, I have a family, I have kids doesn't mean that I can only resonate with and only like get on the same wavelength with other parents. That's absolutely not true. So I've decided to expand significantly the interview panel, basically, you know, the eligibility, if you want to call it that. And what I've, as soon as I did that, as soon as I lifted that gate, uh, I've, I've got some really 
awesome candidates uh, lined up. So some really cool, um, both parent and non-parent entrepreneurs coming up. And I've also decided to kind of expand what I think defines entrepreneurship. Um, I guess without thinking about it, I almost kind of cut off some of the artistic side of, of, uh, entrepreneurship a little bit in the beginning. I mean, not, not a lot, but like, I would love to have photographers, you know, freelance photographers who travel all over the world and have built a business around that, or people who are in the music industry who have built a business around that. And I, I haven't gotten into that as much as I would like to. So I I really want to incorporate more of that into the interviewees. I think that there's, there's so much to the word entrepreneurship that is beyond selling a physical product like I'm doing and beyond running a software, you know, SaaS thing online with a subscription or whatever. I think there's so much more than that, that, uh, that people do that we don't, we don't respect enough. We don't appreciate enough. I know I certainly don't, and I'm trying to do that more. And so some of the guests coming up are, are really cool. Um, you know, just like some really powerful messages, really awesome experiences and stories to share. And just the interactions that I've had with some of these people leading up to the interview has been awesome. And so I know, I know that, you know, these interviews, they're going to be a little bit different. I'm going to probably expand my, my, my questioning a little bit and just, um, I don't know, just kind of make it a little bit more dynamic than it used to be. So I'm really excited about that. And maybe that's a sign that the show is taking a little bit of a turn. Uh, I'm not sure. And uh, if it is, then, than, than it is. I mean, I'm not afraid to make a slight change to the formula of this show uh, if that's the direction that I feel like it's going. And that is the direction that I feel like it's going. Um, what I don't want to do is be repetitious and I don't want to be stale and linear. I want to be different. I want to be dynamic, right? I want to grow the podcast in a way that's beneficial for me as an outlet and as a way to reach out to more people, motivate them, inspire them, and not just in ways of like an Amazon business or a SaaS business or something like that or a blog, you know, but in all different facets of life where entrepreneurship could could insert itself and become like an income source and also a career, right? So, uh, so with that, just be on the lookout for some really awesome interviews. I'm really excited about it. And I love the, uh, the direction that the show is going. And I love the concept that this, the the prospect that this show could actually go on to become something that I, I guess I always had envisioned, uh, even though I didn't have total clarity on it. Right. But I I think this is going in the direction that I originally intended it to do, um, even though I didn't exactly understand what that was, you know, five, six months ago. So uh, with that, it's going to wrap up this episode number 50. Listen, if you've listened to the show a lot or even a couple times, but you've listened for 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 a while now, you've been a subscriber, maybe, or you checked out an episode in March and then another one in May. And you so you've been aware of the show for a while. Please leave me a review. I don't care if it's a one star or a five star. I want to hear from you. I want to know what you like and what you don't like. And I can only understand what you like and don't like if you tell me. So feel free to email me, but a review on iTunes would be even better. I would really appreciate that. So once again, guys, thank you so much for checking this out and stay tuned. And I will talk to you in the next episode. Take care.